What's up, everyone? My name is Tebs, and thanks so much for checking out the Superpower Podcast. This podcast was created to celebrate young African women who are excelling in their business, careers, and lives. We want to salute you and give you flowers while you can still smell them. Every week, we will be profiling a boss babe and finding out from them how they have harnessed their superpower and what more we can expect from them. So stay tuned and make sure to subscribe to the channel. Follow us on all our social media pages at Superpower Podcast. Leave us a review and even drop a voice note on our channel shouting out ladies who are inspirational to you. The official hashtag for anything on this podcast is hashtag Superpower Podcast. Enjoy. Hi everyone, it's Tebs and you're listening to the Superpower Podcast. Now today's guest, guys, like I don't know where I get all these phenomenal women to interview, but this is another powerhouse. Her name is Unkhopotu Siatle Maite and she's the founder of Angalia Apparel. She'll, she'll, she'll correct me, guys. You know me and uh, names of things that are not in English. Um, but yeah, guys, she's um, an accountant turned fashion designer. So I really wanted to get into her brain to find out how she made the switch, how did she pivot, and why did she even start with accounting if she always wanted to do fashion design. So welcome to the show, Onkhobote. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you, Debs? Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure, man. Yeah. So, so like I said, um, you're an accountant. I mean, we met back in varsity and you were studying the same thing as, you know, half of UJ, which is become accounting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how did you even get to do become accounting? Because you have completely pivoted out of the accounting space. Uh, well, it's an interesting story. When I was in high school, I actually did want to do something in, in the arts or do something creative. But uh, my dad was like, well, I'm not going to pay for that. <laughs> <laughs> As always, all our parents, yeah. Yeah, my dad was like, I'm not going to pay for that. You need to do something that's going to be like a proper profession. You need to get a job when you finish school because, you know, you need to have a profession. You need to have a degree that is solid. And I was like, okay, fine. I'm, I'm good in accounting. So let me just study accounting. And these people seem to make a lot of money. So why not? <laughs> right? True story. True story. I think yeah. we all got in, in for it for the money. And we realized then there's, hey. there's not that much money. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> so then I studied accounting um, first year UJ. After my first year, I actually went back to my dad and I said, I don't want to do this. And oh, already after your first year? Yeah, after my first year, I said to him, I don't want to do this. Can I change my degree? And he said, okay, so what's going to happen with the first year that we've spent all this money on? You need to finish what you've started. Wow. Okay. He said, you made the decision. We were all, we all supported you on this. Everybody's on board. Mm -hmm. Now you want to change direction. You have to finish this. You have to see this through. And I did. I, I saw it through and... Yeah, after a couple of years, I decided that I was not happy and I just quit. Shoo, shoo. Okay, so so let me get this right. So 
uh, you you did your first year, then you already realized at that point that this is not for you, but you finished. So did you did you just do your undergrad? You didn't then try pursue an honors? Did you already like start working straight after doing your undergrad? Funny enough, I did. I was I was doing my undergrad and I was also trying to work at the same time. Because I was like, okay, cool, well I finished this. I might as well sort of like I don't know, be be at least be be decent at it. But yeah. it was a struggle. And the fact that it was such a struggle for me, you could tell that it was not something that I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, you know, sometimes you think that, you know, this is what life is supposed to be and you do what other people expect you to do. Even when you when you know that it doesn't fulfill you, doesn't make you happy. And, yeah, you know, some people are fortunate enough to sort of, like, wake up and actually see see their life for what it is and actually know what their purpose is. And other people, I I think, are not fortunate enough to know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how did your your dad take it? Because he was so adamant um, about you then finishing this thing that you had started once you told him, listen, this is not for me, I'm I'm, I'm quitting. Well, at Varsity or now when I started working? When you started working. So the interesting thing is I worked for quite a while and when I did eventually quit, was which was like four years ago, my dad had already passed on. Ah, oh, okay, okay, okay. So sure, my so dad passed on in 2013, and in 2016, that's when I left. I left um, corporate completely and started a fashion brand. <laughs> 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 okay okay before we get to the fashion brand we are like fast forwarding the story like a whole lot um your your work experience because i see you've worked at a few places um i see here you worked at african management service company um what was that experience like because i know studying is very different to now working you know like studying you know you just have to get 50 percent, and you're, you're good you have a degree mm. but um once you um work it's like you're expected to know what you're doing so what was your experience like in corporate basically the first the first uh, job that i got after finishing adversity was with african management services company and basically, it was um, a UNDP project, a United Nations Development Pro- uh, Project, that was helping SMEs in Africa to basically develop and sort of like be able to be profitable. So what they would do is they would take expatriates from different parts of the world that would be um, skilled in whatever the, the company was sort of like looking for. Sometimes they would take accountants, sometimes they would take um sales people just to help with mm. the SMEs to grow and I was in the accounting department in South Africa and I started okay. as a junior accountant there and it was such an amazing experience I worked with people from from everywhere actually like and and you'll even see why I, I decided to <laughs> to go in the route that I did and and okay yeah so I worked with with a lot of people, very, very diverse. I mean, there was like probably four South African people in the office and everybody else was from around Africa, which was amazing. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah that is amazing. That's already diverse. And mm. that wasn't your only employer, right? You also worked for other companies. Yes. From then, I moved to Palm Media. It was a printing company. I, I don't know if it's still actually 
um, around. But yeah, Palm Media was printing newspapers, uh, magazines, a lot of the commercial ones like You, True Love and all of those. And I was in, yeah. in the accounting department. I didn't last as long as I should have there. I was like there for like a year or two. Okay. And yeah, I've sort of like moved on from then, but I was never really invested. <laughs> I <thought laughs> going to work and coming back because I didn't really enjoy what I was doing, to be quite honest. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Okay. And 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 during this time, while you were um, being an accountant and um, doing the different jobs um, at the different employers. Um, were you still like designing on the side? Like, were you taking a keen interest in fashion? Um, like what was happening before you then decided I'm going to go into this business full time? I started a blog. Okay. I started a blog called The Life I Wear. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you remember? Yes. I do remember. Oh my word. Okay. Okay. So I started a blog called The Life I Wear and basically I would just style a, an outfit or style a look and take pictures and basically talk about the clothes that I got and why I wore that and yeah. And after that, and after that, then I was like, no, but this thing like I'm really interested in and actually I'm I'm looking forward to every weekend, you know. Then I contacted a friend of our, a friend of mine. We actually had DJ together. She was my haka, Lufuno. Okay. And Lafuna was a stylist and she's a, well, not was, is a stylist. And she was working for um, V Entertainment. You know that show that's, that was on Voodoo? Yeah, yeah. It's still on, I think. Yeah. yeah. And she was styling for that show. And I said, can I just shadow you, you know? Can I just see what you do when you go and source for clothes and, you know, what, what this fashion, this part of the fashion industry is all about? And I shadowed yeah. her. For, for like a couple of months. And after that, I was just like, I'm done. I'm, I'm going to start my own thing. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Shout out to Lufuno, my word. He's really <laughs> exposing people to the industry. Um, and when you were shadowing her, like what are some of the things that you discovered um, when, when you were now thinking of taking this seriously? Because so I knew I wanted to be in fashion. But I mm. think I was still a bit scared to actually start a clothing brand, like like as big as it was. You know, I think I think I was like, okay, look, I'm really interested in fashion, but I actually just don't know what I'm gonna do in fashion. Yeah. And that's how I was trying the blogging, I was trying the styling. So I styled with Lefuno for a little bit, and I think what I learned was I didn't want to be a stylist. <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah I actually wanted to create the clothes that the stylists were using to style people oh okay so so please school us you know like I am definitely not a fashion person at all um so stylists what what does a stylist do 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 they dress people on sets on shows like how does it work yeah yes so a stylist would be sort of like appointed to be somebody that would dress um, whoever is in that production, whether it's a commercial, a TV show, a movie. So you'd find um, either if they're not on set of a movie, they called, I think, wardrobe. And they're just okay. basically responsible for what the cast is wearing. Okay. Yes. Okay. So they go basically to designers and to sometimes to retail stores and they actually source clothing that would be appropriate for a particular character. 
okay 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 so after doing that you're just like this is not my vibe i'm actually i want to be the one who designs the clothes that stylists then pick yes. to put on okay okay and um so angalia is that how you pronounce it how do you pronounce your your fashion brand it's called angalia it's in swahili angalia <laughs> and and what does it mean what does it, it mean it means to see to envision okay and how did you Look. come up with Yes, how how did you come up with why did you pick a Swahili word in the first place? I told and you when I told you I was exposed to 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 basically different types of cultures and Oh yeah. When I was working at Amsco because then I met a really good friend of mine. She's one of my best friends. She's like a sister to me. She's become a really really good friend of mine. Um okay. Anna and she's from Tanzania. And um, I knew that the, the the name of the brand that I wanted to pick was was something that I wanted to be, yes, universal, but more than anything else, represent Africa. And Swahili is 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 spoken in eighty percent of of this continent. I mean, eighty percent of people speak Swahili in this con- in this continent. So I wanted something that was going to be a, a bit more global, but also represent Africa. Okay, okay. And 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 once you had the concept you knew that you wanted to be this fashion designer, um what was it actually like then? Like from design all the way up to production. Like what was your first few days um as a designer like? Um because again, I have such little like knowledge of how clothes get onto our racks. Yeah. We buy them and you know, so um I'm sure you know like the, the full process. So yeah, maybe just enlighten us on how it works. So what I have to tell you actually just a little bit is that um my mom is a seamstress. Okay. Yeah, so my mom is a seamstress. So this is not something that's necessarily that just came up, but um I've been around clothes for making of clothes and tailoring of clothes, I guess all my life. So yeah. so <clears throat> when I started I also didn't know what I was doing. I won't lie to you. I I knew that I needed to research as much as I as I can. Um, when I made the decision to start, I wanted to start immediately. But I knew that obviously, in order for it to be to be a success and for it to to I don't know represent what I wanted to be. I don't know if I'm making yeah. that. Um, that no, I, you're making sense. That that I want. I needed to take time in order for it to be like a good quality brand. Um, so I knew obviously that the first step was for me to go online and, um, I have an amazing, very, very supportive partner because we do everything in house and, um, he's the one that basically set up the whole website. Oh, wow. Yeah. So the designing process actually was done even way before I was starting to do the admin. Um, when I think of, I think designing my clothes, I think I'm inspired by, everything I see actually sometimes I'm even inspired by the fabric because the brand is very vibrant it's a print brand so sometimes I'll look at fabric or whatever print I'm trying to 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 get all a print that I like and I see what I want to make out of that fabric yeah, so it's actually yeah. I, I, like the process of it is is not as just sitting down and maybe sketching something but it's something that literally just comes to my mind. Sometimes I'll... Oh, wow. Yeah, sometimes yeah, I'll... So at, and I'm like, oh, my God. Anytime. Uh, yeah, anytime. So, oh. 
So when we started and we were going online now, um, <laughs> should I should I continue or do you want to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 you can go ahead. Yeah, so a few days online, obviously, I, I was thinking that sales are going to come like crazy. Like, <laughs> I'd, be getting, I'd be getting orders left, right and center. <laughs> it's, what, it's what all entrepreneurs think. Yeah, it's like, I've thought of this, I've done it, I've, it's now live and yeah, you expect you know? the orders to come. Yeah. Because we had taken so much time, you know, like we had done like a proper photo shoot. We had done like a commercial, you know, so our online presence was, was there. Yeah. And when it started, there was like literally <laughs> like family members <laughs> buying a couple of stuff here and there. It's always like that. It's like your family and your friends will check it out. But what I always say to people is your family and your friends are not always your target audience like they they are primarily there to like support you and cheer you on but they're not your customer so mm. how do you actually get to your real customer then yeah very true um then i think a couple of days after we've launched i think two weeks or something i got contacted by a lady that also had i think she was doing like a, a beauty brand or something like that and she was um trying to organize other sort of like local designers and brands that would come together and do pop-up tours. Mm, okay. So we decided to do pop-up tours and I think I did my first pop-up a month after we launched and that one was a success. The first pop-up was amazing. Okay. How did it work? Would you guys just like, um, yeah, how did it work? Like just showcase your designs and people would buy off the rack here. Yeah. Mm, so what would happen is... Um, the person that's organizing would then look for a venue and then we would all get, well, basically try to advertise as much as we can before we get there to let everybody know that these brands are going to be there to at this particular venue on this day and come and just shop and buy. And hmm. people would come and they would buy. The first one did well. Second one was okay. I, the third one, that's when you could tell that it started to slow down. Oh, really? Yes. And then, okay. and then I had to go back and actually ask myself, do I want to be a pop-up brand? Not that there's anything wrong with being a pop-up brand, but I was starting to ask myself, do I just want to limit myself to being at markets? And is this, is my brand a market brand? I don't, I don't know. If I you get you. Yeah. No, I do. Because when I think about, okay, so you had an online presence so people could go and shop on your online store and you were starting to do these pop-up events and now you're asking, is this all that I can do to mm. get the brand? Okay. Out there. Okay. I get that. So then, so then what did you do once you, you figured that this might not be necessarily the direction I want to take my brand in? So I wanted to get into retail. Okay. And, and um, I think. But isn't that a different beast altogether? Oh my gosh. It is. And then I'm already. Yes. <laughs> no, I'm saying I'm already getting heart palpitations thinking about retail. Like it, it just seems like a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. And also considering you must remember at this time, I'm still outsourcing production. I'm still not necessarily physically making all the clothes myself. Mm. So I'm designing okay. and then I'm going to factories and saying to them, hey, this is my design. This is my fabric. Can you do these items for me? That's OK. OK. So then um, I got contacted. I think this was just God because I prayed about it. And then I got contacted by the space. 
Oh, what? what? Like they just called you like out of the blue saying, hey, we yeah. stole your stuff. So we want to have you in store. Wow. So, and also this is the interesting story. So now I'm in the middle of the year. So I started in January. Now it's like around June. And now money's running out, you know. And now there's not a lot of sales, obviously. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, maybe I should go back and uh, work for a couple of months as an accountant. Oh, hectic. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So I, so I go back and, 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 and I think this is what my dad was always saying that like, you must have like a proper profession. A backup. Have a degree, <laughs> have a degree because it will help out. You know, when they say have a backup plan, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is when the backup plan came in because I actually did go back to, to accounting and I worked for Maxim Dentix. It was an explosive company in Rodeport. Mm. They were making bombs. Okay. And I was like, okay, I'll go there and I'll be part-time uh, while I I sort of like save up money for my business. Because I've also then at this point had discovered that actually I was going to be pumping a whole lot of money more more than me expecting to receive any type of, I guess, profit at this point. In order for me to make this a success, I'm probably going to be injecting a lot of capital into this business. Of course. And yeah. I was like, you know what, let me go back. And I went back. And when I was going back, I think a month after I went back, that's when the space contacted me. Wow. 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 Okay. And when they contact you, what do they say? What do they oh, say? So you, yeah. So I received an email from the operations manager and she was like, hey, Angalia, we love your stuff. Uh, we've seen your stuff online. We think it's amazing. We'd love for you to join the space. Um, let's meet up for coffee. What do you say? And I was like, yes, let's meet up for coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me the time and the place out okay. there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Met up and she just basically told me what their business model is all about. And to be quite honest, um, I I knew about YDE. I think just like everybody else, I hadn't known about yeah. the place, but they have the very same business model of housing okay. uh, local designers. And yes, and then she said to me, "Would you be able to be in stores by September? Would you have? Would you be? Would you have stock by September?" And I was like, "Yes, oh. <laughs> I, I will have stock. I will. Yes. I'll find a way, but there will be stock." <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. Okay. And, and so, so wait. So before, so so while you were working, um, you know your backup plan. Um, had you completely then stopped Angalia before no. the space contacted you? Okay, so you're no. carrying on. Okay. Okay. I was carrying on. I was just trying to, to to support it, so to say, <laughs> going to work to support my business. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Okay, and then yeah. How long did you then stay at your job? Because now you have obviously um, the space saying, "Hey, we want your stock," but it also doesn't mean that you're just going to get money if you give them stock. Um, so how did you then figure out the balance between like having some sort of income so you can. Um, still support the business and um, then trying to then move into the business full-time again? Um, I was there for, I think I, I was part-time. So I started getting, I, I, I specifically said that I wanted to be a contractor. I knew that I was not going to be there um, for long because, you know, you know, corporate will suck you in. Yeah, right? yeah. So I knew that I, I, I still wanted to carry on with Angalia. So I was there for like, I think, three or four months working. Um, what I needed to concentrate on to fulfill my, my, what you might call it, my duty to, to, to actually have stock for, 
for the space on the in September, I just started, I guess, designing a new range uh, specifically to go into the space. At that time, I was only going into two stores, which was the Rosebank store and no, actually one store. Okay. So in the first month, it was just one store. So all I needed was to just get 60 items on the rail. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I was. And does, and, and does the space give you direction in terms of like sizing? Like, um, do they say, because I mean, 60 items is quite a bit, but how do you know then how to work out like sizes for their customers? Um, so the thing, so I think they don't necessarily box, them, box themselves with, with who the space customers is because there's like multiple brands in there and okay. we all cater to different types of markets or, or target markets. So for example, you'll find that if if they call me a print designer and there's another designer in the store that also does sort of like similar prints as I do, mm. they then she said this, the operations manager specifically said that we have contacted you because you sort of like um, cater to a younger market with regards to African prints. Ah, okay. So they're trying to okay. pull a younger crowd into the store. Mm, okay. So then um, your brand stays as it is. Even when they sort of like do a screening before you get into the store, because we all had to sort of like do sort of like a screening uh, process where they actually need to see the quality of your clothes, what your brand stands for, your sizing charts and all of those things. You send that through before you actually get into the store. Okay. So there's okay. like a panel. Wow. Mm. There's a panel of people that review your clothing, your style, and you have to basically tell them what the vision and mission of your brand is and what you guys stand for. And then okay. that's when they'll decide if they want to take that on because ev everybody is basically different in that store. Sure. Oh, wow. Yeah. I've seen the space. Yeah. I, don't, I actually don't know why Whitey is like more popular or it's because they have party dresses from back when we were in varsity. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, I've seen the space and it is like you, you walk in there and there's like um, different designers catering um, to different tastes and styles of women. Um, so, so yeah, I always saw it as like, the mature or grown-up version of YDE, and I don't know if they like they they like that comparison, but <laughs> yeah, that's how I've always seen it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and 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 then I know they've got different stores. How did it work then for you in terms of getting your um, brand into their different stores? Do they determine it, um, or do you determine it? Do you go to them and say, "Hey, I actually want to be in all your stores um, across the country"? So in the beginning, when I started. They actually said that this is the list of stores that we 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 would like for you to be in, but now okay. it also gets back to costing because you must remember that you pay rent when you in store. Oh and wow! Yeah. So so okay. now so now it's a matter of are you able to 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 get into all their stores? At the time they had like ten stores, so I was like, I'll start with Rosebank, thank you. So I started with Rosebank. <laughs> let's see, yeah, let's let see. me get a feel. Yeah. <laughs> So okay. then I started with one store. And then a month later, I started with the second store, which was Mall of Africa. 
okay okay and then you and in terms of like feedback from them do you then get to see like stock that is moved um yes. if your stock is stale because i know with fashion i mean you know you see like markdowns and sales and who determines that because I, you know with you guys as designers i think it would be a little different to if you own the store and all the stuff in it so yeah how did how does that process work they actually um give you the liberty to mark down put put on sale and oh, wow pricing it's it's all up to you okay so you you determine but what they will do is that will obviously have um seasons so in i think january that's you know that's sale season it's standard yeah um yeah uh we just come back from december and um we are approaching winter in march well not winter but autumn in march and basically they meet, they need to make sure that all the summer all the summer items need to be off the rail so that what they will say is okay we are approaching sale season designers um please give me your markdowns or if you don't want a markdown and if you don't then you don't and if you do okay. then let them know i'm going to start with a 30% then in the third week i'm going to do a 70% and then in the last week i'll do i don't know 80% off or something okay 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 and okay so now your 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 clothes are at the space Um what was that experience like in terms of sales and traction and were people now getting to know your brand because you wanted to do this retail expansion and you've invested now more money into um your your brand yeah what was that experience like It was amazing I won't lie um obviously there's challenges everywhere but I think it was yeah. it showed um growth within the brand and especially at such a very very um early stage um we we did very well in our first month and that's how I was able to go to a second store to Mall of Africa in the second month and people responded very well i mean like i always felt like if i could at least reach as many people and just let them know about my brand then yes. that is enough for me because and i also just early on saw that you literally have to have somebody that's permanently just doing marketing because that's where most of your sales are going to come from because if people don't know about your brand and they don't know about your product they can't buy it of course of yeah. course that's so true yeah. yeah um so when you say you you permanently you wanted to have someone doing your branding did you then get someone um to assist like what like social media like what what is this the the social media i try my best i'm still doing my own social media marketing but okay um but it's a team of us actually like um i've got a couple of people i try to do professional shoots just to make okay. the brand obviously as 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 professional as it as as it is um so that that creating content is a thing you know <laughs> <laughs> it's a job, it's a job. That people don't realize, realize like that people just see these videos go up and they yes. feel like yes. anyone can do it yeah exactly. it's work it's a lot of work i mean when we have our shoots it takes the whole day literally like we start sure. at seven finish at there was a time actually the first shoot that we did for angalia we started shooting at 5 p.m we finished at 2 a.m in the morning and that was oh. the most- Word. That was a commercial, Please. 
and that was stills like pictures for for the clothing so yeah it, 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 content creation is a thing i take it very seriously <laughs> <laughs> yeah Oh my god. I mean I I mean that's that that's insane. I mean from from wanting to get into retail to now being retail. So how many stores are you at? So I know are you still at Rosebank and Mall of Africa? Yes, um, do you have more other yeah, stores that you're I, I then expanded, um, I think a year later, I was at a Pavilion in Durban. And then we went on to go to Canal Walk. Um, after Canal Walk, we went to Menlin in Pretoria. And um, the great news is that on Wednesday, we'll be at Cresta and Gateway in Durban. So, yes. We oh, wow. Yeah, that yes. is so impressive. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Okay, so people should definitely go and check it out in stores. But it's not just um, at the space. Do you still have your own online store where people can still go and buy the clothes online? Yes, we definitely still have our e-commerce store and it's still very much active. It just needs to be spruced up, which we'll be doing in the next couple of months or so. But yeah, it's still okay. very much active and people can still buy directly from us. Okay, okay, sure. I mean, this is this is super impressive. Um, and I know you, you also have aspirations of bringing the production all in-house. I don't know if that's happened already or if that's something that you, you want to do. Yeah, we, we did that um, two years ago in 2018. I then um, invested in some equipment and I started my own clothing factory. And now all the production is done in-house from start to finish. Okay. Okay. And this is just your your brand. You're not opening yourself up to other people who might have aspirations of uh, being designers and they come to you and say, hey, can you make this stuff for us? I did actually... I had, um, um, when I started, I think a couple of months later, I had a couple of students that would come and actually try to do the um, samples with us. So I have had um, some couple of opportunities to open it up to sort of like young designers to come okay. in and actually um, do their production with us. So it's, it's, it's not only limited to Angalia, it is open to everybody else. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. And I mean, I'm sure having a fashion um, brand label um, can't be easy, right? It's not all smooth sailing. So I know you wanted the expansion and you've been able to achieve that. But what other things um, do you still have to like figure out or that you might still struggle with that you feel like you, you could do better? Hmm. I think... I think reach. I think I think um, I think so. It's it's a, it's sort of like a catch twenty two type thing with me. I feel like a lot of the brands that are very very well known, yeah. um, uh, obviously brands that are very are doing very well online and they've got a very um, they've got an amazing online presence, and they have celebrities wearing their clothing, and you know all these well known people are wearing their clothing. And people are able to identify immediately with the clothes and immediately want to go buy the clothes. As opposed yes. to, I guess, <clears throat> somebody in store seeing the brand for what it is and loving what the brand actually has to offer. Because I, I bump into a lot of people 
in the mall, if I'm seeing them wearing my clothes and I know that's my clothes, but they don't even know me per se. I don't know if you get what I mean. Oh, yeah. 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 So it, I'm happy that they love the clothes for what the clothes are and they're not necessarily just buying it for popularity reasons because so-and-so was wearing the dress, you know. Uh, but I think that I, I still want to get a, a, a really, really wide reach in terms of making Angalia a household name, you know. Mm. So so I'm still just on the road to making sure that I reach as many people and let them know what we stand for and what we have to offer. Sure, yeah, because I <laughs> I don't know if you've ever like thought of using influencers um in, in any of your marketing, but I've seen that trend go up. Um yes. what do you feel about influencer marketing specifically with your brand as well? Well, it works, you know, people use it because it works. And um, we've also obviously tried influencer marketing. Um, We've partnered with a couple of people that are in the industry. And every time when they have like sort of like events or anywhere to go, they actually come to us and we dress them. And it's okay. Yeah. So it, it, it does go a long way. It's just obviously <laughs> we still we're still growing, and I'm also just yeah. trying to be patient because Angalia is only three years old, so mm. I know that there's there's obviously a whole lot more that's still going to come. Of course, of course, and in terms of um like future aspirations, because now you're at the space and you're doing well and you're growing, and yeah, I mean three years is still like a baby, you know. It's a baby. Um, <laughs> I know, like, we all want to see our businesses do, like, exceptionally well, like, all so quickly. Um, But but there's a lot of lessons in also just um, steady growth as well. Mm. Um, When you think of your business, what what future plans and aspirations do you have for it? Or do you even think about that? Or you're just the kind of person who just likes taking things a day at a time, a contract at a time, you know? Um, Yeah, what, what do you think? Um, I, I, there's, there's lots that we actually want to do, but I've always wanted my own store, actually. Um, I, I think in the next couple of years, I see us actually just getting a couple of boutiques just across, across the, across, um, getting a couple of boutiques nationwide and I mean, going global, I always say go big or go home. I mean, (laughs) that's true. As big as you possibly can. So yes, I see, I see my brand in literally like the, 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 the creme de la creme of brands, if that makes any sense. I'm trying to to move it to more of a luxury brand than anything else. That's why I say to you that I take my marketing so seriously Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people will say, we don't see the new stuff that you do. And I say, that's because I want to present it the way it's supposed to be presented. I just don't want to just take random pictures and post them for the sake of sales. Uh, I, True. I, yeah. It, the packet, the packaging is very, very important. So yeah, I want to see it. I want to see it grow. I want to, I want to have stores around the, the world actually. So I want to be in okay. New York fashion week one day, you know, <laughs> That's incredible. That's incredible. Oh, yeah. Do you do um, like um, fashion shows, you know, like AFI, South African Fashion Week? Is that something that is also part of like what you guys do? Do people use those as marketing platforms? Yeah, as well. Yeah. Yeah, they do. They do. 
They do. I did SA Fashion Week last year. We couldn't do it this year, I think, because of COVID. Yeah. Because it's around yeah. April and September. But I did um I did the um, what do they call them? I did the um, the expo with uh SA Fashion Week last year. Oh, okay. So Oh, so so that's not like you you you're not like showcasing on the runway. You are like part of the designers who then just showcase clothes for people who want yes. to go and see. Like, okay. On okay. A, on like I think 3 days. I think it goes on for 3 days. So they've got to yeah. have an expo for for designers. I think just next to the runway where just between shows people are able to come and actually just see the designers that are on show that but okay that also works so if you had to describe um the angalia woman like a, a woman who would wear your clothing um what what does that what does that lady look like oh she's a she's she's a powerhouse she's confident um she basically wants to 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 see herself um achieving all her goals she is a a, a world leader you know um i'm trying to target women that are very very confident you know i mean i always say that clothes make you feel good yes that's the one thing i always say that if you if you if you in really really um amazing outfits and you really really feel like you look good in whatever you're wearing you your behavior also changes so i'm trying to basically dress the woman that knows that she can conquer the world and wants to conquer the world mm-hmm. and this is not just for weddings because i've always found that people only think of print like when it's like a wedding or like a celebration is this also like everyday wear like it doesn't matter like it, it it it's just part of my wardrobe that and that's 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 sort of like the the sort of like the thing that we've been trying to sort of like try to stay clear from and make sure that the clothes that we're making are everyday wear clothing because a lot okay. of people the, a lot of people sort of like when they think of print they think of obviously traditional events and we're trying to stay yes. care of that and 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 I'm basically just trying to to show people that we can incorporate african way in our everyday life i mean you can literally go to work and you can still wear an amazing traditional print blazer you know yeah that's and, true yeah and it shouldn't just necessarily be something that is for traditional events or kitchen parties or things yeah of of that nature it can live or anything with like an african theme attached to it cuz that's when you like where is that dress <laughs> yeah and and the thing is the african prints are like they vary like obviously from country to country i mean yeah you it's just just the little touches here and there that make you very that make you stand out you know that's true. Yeah, That's that true. make you stand out. So, so it's for somebody that actually really does like bold colors and that likes to stand out. So, yeah. so, it's not, so you can't be demure and no, like wearing this like, because people will notice. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's for people that want to make a statement. Yeah, sure. Wow, man, I I'm so impressed, man. Um. Just the way that you've been able to pivot and just create your your own brand and um, be able to have this retail expansion that is still carrying on—it's insane. Um, when you think of 
of yourself and um, what you bring to the brand, um, what do you think that is? Like, what makes Angalia stand out from all other print brands that are out in the market? Um, I think it's because we, I try my best to make the clothing and, and, and when I say the clothing, I'm talking specifically about traditional prints. I try to make traditional prints as modern as I possibly can. Okay. Okay. So I try to incorporate and I try to incorporate not necessarily the most trendiest of styles, but I think classic styles that we all knew and that we all grew up seeing our mother's way into African prints. I try to mix as many materials with African prints as I possibly can, you know, to to just to just show the consumer that they can actually literally wear this to to a house party, to the office, you know, to a picnic, yeah. even dinner with a partner. So so I think more than anything else, what what is different is that it is very, very it 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 has a very young young feel to it okay okay no i love that i I, what's young because you know young is relative depending on how old you are (laughs) i've just seen my (laughs) my version of young has changed uh, over the years over the years (laughs) and i think that i'm trying to say young i think i'm trying to say fresh Okay. Okay. Yeah, like a fresh take, like a fresh take to 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 just traditional. I don't even want to say traditional way because people see it as traditional <laughs> way, but like a fresh yeah. take to African print. Okay. Okay. That's 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 absolutely yo. I'm I'm thoroughly impressed. Um. Now at the Superpower Podcast, um, we we ask all our guests the same question. Um. What do you think your superpower as Umkhopote is? Hmm. That's a very hard question, eh? <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird because people never consider it. It's like you, you never say like you, you can say that about other people. Um, but when it comes to like yourself, it's it's not something that you're used to giving yourself a compliment. So yeah, yeah what what do you think um, makes you special, unique, stand out um, as you and not your brand anymore, like you as a person? I think it's my I think it's, I guess it's my ability to, to keep going. Mm. I think it's my ability to keep going and it's my ability to, to just, to never give up, I guess. Okay, so, that's good. So I would say that, um, I mean, starting a business, if, if anybody has ever started a business, you know that you go through probably the worst times where you actually just want to take the easy way out. But if if you can push through that, I think that's that's what makes you make makes you I guess unique in that way because if this was easy, we would all be doing it, you know. Of course, of course. So, yeah, entrepreneurship is tough, man. It's tough. <laughs> it's tough. It's not for everyone. So I think that maybe maybe I would say my my ability to just never give up, my ability to just. Yes, also to see th- see things through, as my dad said. <laughs> just yeah, just to just keep going, to just keep going, okay. and making sure that it's done. 
Okay. Okay. Yeah. That that is such a, 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 a like fundamental and good lesson for for anyone, and it's not even just for entrepreneurs. It's just if you have the ability to see things through and keep it going, and mm. if this is something you really want to do and achieve, then you should definitely go ahead and do it. Um, I, I loved having this. I loved having this conversation. I know a whole lot more now about the fashion industry that I had zero clue on. So I have a big appreciation for when we see clothes on the racks. But thanks again, Uncle Pote, for joining us on the Superpower Podcast. Thank you for having me. This was really, really lovely. <laughs> Cheers. Bye. Hey, you made it to the end of the interview. Thanks so much for listening and hope you learned a thing or two. Please make sure to subscribe, review, and leave a voice note for any lady who inspires you. Till next week, have an awesome one. Cheers.